What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Ringer NFL Show feed. It's been a while since we had an emergency pod. Unfortunately, this one does not occur under positive circumstances. Uh, I'm Norman Ziotti and I'm here with Benjamin Solak to discuss the season-ending injury to Joe Burrow. Boo. Hiss. Ben, I'm bummed. No, this really sucks. It's been an up-and-down season for the Bengals. It's already been a Joe Burrow's injured. We're not what we were to start the season for the Bengals. But, okay, tough AFC playoffs, tough AFC North. Still, you trust Joe Burrow. You trust Zach Taylor. You trust the 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 legacy and the the, the playoff experience. Like, this team's going to make the way into the playoffs. No one's going to want to play them. Like, they're going to play some good January football. Now it's Jake Browning down the stretch. Not ideal. Yeah, suboptimal. Uh, it is just not a, in this AFC playoff picture, even as, like, the Browns transition to Dorian Thompson-Robinson and the Steelers play Kenny Pickett, who's functionally a backup quarterback at this point. Even with that considered, <laughs> it's still just really difficult, I think, to push your way into this AFC playoff picture. So this feels like a, 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 a death knell in the season for the Bengals. This feels like ringing the bell. I don't see how they make it into the postseason with this Joe Burrow injury. And now they have to worry about their franchise quarterback's grip strength moving forward. It's a, it's a tough thing. Right. So we should talk about I want to talk about the AFC North and, and do the, the here and now stuff at some point. But Worrying about your starting quarterback's grip strength, obviously not ideal. This is Mm -hmm. now, you know, the second Joe Burrow season that has ended with a significant injury. That's something that they have to think about going forward. And the thing that I wonder is, you know, there's there's some possibility that we get super hyped up for this Thursday night football game. It's like the the first great Thursday night football game in who knows how long. And then it turns into this kind of bummer night, and it could end up being. There is, I think, at least some possibility that that's the last time that we see, you know, a team with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins together. And I mean, you know, T um, obviously wasn't part of that. But that nucleus of that Bengals offense, there's some chance that that this is the end. Uh, T is going to be a free agent after this year. Obviously, having given Burrow the massive contract going into the season changes the finances for the Bengals significantly. 
Uh, Jamar Chase is not going anywhere. He will be in the fourth year of his rookie contract next year. But that's when you start thinking about extension. Obviously, they'll pick up his fifth-year option. Never say never. The cap is fake. But this is a team that's going to have to make some really hard decisions. And so it's not only that, you know, they lose to the Ravens. They're 5-5. Five and five. It, it seems like it would be a tough tough hill to climb, even if you did have Joe Burrow and with, with Jake Browning, I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, I don't want to be a downer, but Bengals seem pretty cooked as far as 2023 goes. But the, the thing that's, that kind of bums you out even more is that you get to 2024 and start thinking about the, the future of this roster. And it only gets tougher from here because you no longer have the privilege of a rookie contract quarterback. Yeah. The, uh, if, if, Assuming there's no more T. Higgins after 2024, the official last game of Burrow plus Chase plus T when they're all active and playing will be the win over the Bengals or win over the Bills, excuse me. Which, if your last huzzah is breaking another AFC contender such that they go through like a coaching staff blow up, that's not a bad way to, to go out. All right, it's a good yeah. It really is like you know you go out with the boys for one last hurrah. And you have a yeah. great time. Good work from the team. But yes, uh, uh, Jamar Chase, like you said, uh, two years left on his deal and then the fifth-year option. But besides that, uh, you have Joe Mixon for this year and next year. You have Tyler Boyd for just this year. You have T. Higgins for just this year. Even wide receiver four, Trent Irwin, who like has played well in Higgins' absences. He's been like a solid player for them. Restricted free agent after this year. Uh, they're tight ends who, after uh, Hayden Hurst left, he was on a one-year deal. Now it's Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Tanner Hudson, Mitchell Wilcox. All of them have taken snaps this year. All of them are on one-year deals. Like Every single weapon for the Joe Burrow Bengals as expiring this year or expiring next year or named Jamar Chase. Like it is, it, they are in a, a position where they need a, a dramatic rehaul. It is possible to extend T. T's going to have to want to play ball a little bit and, 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 and do some stuff structure wise uh, to help the Bengals out. The Bengals also uh, historically under the Brown family do not like to, do not want to be a team that has guarantees in a contract more than year two. They do not like to have any money guaranteed in year three or beyond. They've started to finagle with those those guideposts, obviously, as they've gotten to star talent and they have Joe Burrow's contract now, but they would have to be willing to overstep that balance to ever make a T. Higgins contract work. And then even then, once you do that, now you're kind of committing yourself to saying, right, a lot of chips in on T, a lot of chips in on Jamar Chase. It's going to be harder to resign some of our defensive players when those guys get up, so on and so forth. So this is a... um. It's a big fence post moment here for the Bengals. It was always going to be. And now with the lack of the with the lack of Joe Burrow the rest of the way with the Burrow injury, you have to do so with a little bit of uncertainty at quarterback and also potentially with like a top 15 pick burning a hole in your pocket. Because if the Bengals had gone through the projected season that we thought they would this offseason, oh, uh, AFC North, they're going to win it. Oh, they're going to play in the divisional round and they end up with pick 29. Well, you start saying, right, how are we going to replace T. Higgins with like a... a receiver at like 25 overall at 30 overall that's like Jalen Rager territory I don't know if we can get that done <laughs> all of a sudden if you if you this season really goes south and you end up with you know six and 11 seven and ten record and you're sitting there with pick 13 uh, it becomes a little bit easier to go draft that that wide receiver one and feel like you can move on from T and so the change in draft capital here also now affects that outlook and it affects the whole conversation so the Bengals from here on out maybe not an exciting team to watch for the AFC playoff picture but where their draft pick lands is going to impact this team's offseason quite a bit. If you remove the massive bummer element from it, it will be interesting just because it is such a sliding doors moment of, of, you know, are they willing to do some of the stuff that they were willing to do with Joe in terms of guarantees and in terms of the structure of the contract with some of those non-quarterback 
players, right? Because it can go both ways. It can go, we have Joe Burrow. We are in this competitive era that's more exciting than, than you know, it's been for a while in Cincinnati and we want to go all in for it. Or it can be, we went all in for Joe Burrow because he's our franchise quarterback. And now we want to make a statement that the Cincinnati Bengals actually don't do this. And, and mm-hmm. we don't hand out guarantees like that. And we want to reset the precedent of you can't expect this if you play here long term. I, you know, people inside that building would have to answer the question of, of what direction that's going to trend in, but it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Ben, I said really depressingly that the Bengals are cooked. Let's just, let's try to be nice here. What is the absolute best case for Cincinnati playing out the rest of the season? Well, the Bengals play the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Browns the rest of the way. Uh, All of those teams are 500 or better. Their average opponent is like 65% win percentage right now or something like that. It's That's not bad. it was gonna it was gonna be tough with Joe and now good. it's Jake. Anybody who hasn't watched some Jake Browning, I would encourage you to turn on some 2017 Washington Huskies highlights. You will convince yourself that the dude might be a dude. A lot has happened between now and then, but there was once a time. Uh, so you can get there if you want to get there. I thought Browning looked perfectly cromulent, just like totally acceptable in relief of Burrow. I think that you can be a good backup quarterback. In an I'm offense that has just like Cromulent, just go. I, the we we in just the keep doing a podcast. Cromulent's in the dictionary because of me. Okay, we've I been know, over this, right? I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. You I, think I'm, I'm not going to use it? I'm a loyal expat. Thank you. So, uh, with uh, with with T and Jamar Chase in an offense, you still are going to be like. There's ways that this passing offense still works. Like Browning looks functional. It feels like a, an average QB two offense where it's like, all right, they're not incredible, but they can move this thing down the field with some moderate success. The problem is, defensively, this isn't the unit that it was in seasons past. They're the second worst team right now by defensive success rate. They're struggling with personnel issues on that side of the ball. Offensive line, they made their big changes last season and this season. It has not paid off for them. Orlando Brown Jr. is a problem on the left side for them. Cordell Volson uh, is a problem for them on the interior. Like They have issues. They, 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 they have a lot of problems that when they've won games, they've won these close one-score games in large part because Burrow's been good in the fourth quarter and they're a great clutch team and they, they're right. awesome in these two-minute situations. If Browning doesn't bring that, which you don't expect him to, it feels like, like even if they stay close and they stay competitive, it feels like they lose a little bit of that magic that they had. And so I think Browning will be fine. Like I saw like there was a Chase Daniel tweet that was like, this is why you got to take backup quarterback seriously. I was like, all right, Chase Daniel. Like, uh, yes, Chase. Like that's we been don't your... have enough good starting quarterbacks. Right. Like I, in theory, it's a great point. In practice, yes. it's a little harder than that. But here we are, and and like, could they have gone more aggressively after QB two when Burrow had the calf strain in the summer? Sure, but they didn't, and they got Browning. I think Browning is going to be fully capable of throwing a thirty-yard duck to T Higgins and asking him to make him look right. And I think T is going to be good at catching that ball, so they'll be okay. You know what's really Josh Dobbs? Josh Dobbs' competency is really tough for all of the teams that are losing their starting quarterbacks because he is just, I am assigning Josh Dobbs left and right as reasoning for why teams didn't take their backup role seriously enough. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's five or six NFL teams right now where I'm just sitting on podcasts going, you could have had Josh Dobbs for a fifth round pick and you didn't. And it's totally unfair. Um, It's always mobility. QB two needs to be a guy who can move. He needs to be a guy who can erase negative plays for you. And Jake Browning, thinks he can move and that's close <laughs> that's close it's not always the same though he is willing to move it's just not always optimal 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Do we need to talk about, uh, about like, Burrow, like, when the hand, the sleeve, and the So that's exactly plane? what I was going to bring yeah? up. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, cool. To my eye, this injury went down uh, when Burrow was tackled by Genevieve Clowney and fell funny, caught himself on his wrist. There's, I guess, a little video going around where you can kind of see him mouth something like, I heard a pop afterwards. However, there is video available of Burrow getting off the team plane in Baltimore where he's wearing a wrap on his hand. The NFL is investigating whether there was any issue in the reporting of Joe Burrow maybe having a pre-existing injury. He was not on the injury report leading into the game. Uh, Burrow told reporters in Cincinnati today that it was a, quote, completely different thing. It's not uncommon for guys to wear compression sleeves on planes. When you go to altitude, things can swell up. Are you calling shenanigans? Uh, I think overall, no shenanigans. I think that Burrow hit his hand in the Texans game last week, last Sunday. I'd like Chris Long had the video of it up. Like you see him, he hits his hand. Uh, he gets like sandwiched between him and Orlando Brown. He's like shaking it. He's 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 moving it, and then he continues to play, and he's throwing the football well, and like whatever. Uh, and then I think he wore a compression sleeve on the plane, in part to, you know, address the fact that he his hand was sore and it was potentially going to swell as he was on that flight. Like his point is like people wear compression sleeves on planes. It's like yeah, people who are eighty, Joe. Like you got to you know, I I don't think this is like a that okay, common of ben, a thing. I I wear. Comp- compression do you fly sometimes yeah okay i don't i i know like two people in my life who do this and they're all old and so i don't know if the user doing (laughs) it maybe brutal absolutely brutal maybe it's something that i need to adopt in my own life i don't know i googled the information they were like to help with swelling and i was like i don't swell on planes i'm chilling so i only only for like a really long flight okay i'm I'm happy for you yeah thank you thank you Thank you. I think, yeah, I think that, like, 
I think Burrow's throwing hand was less than 100% entering this game because it got banged up. And I think that that happens to a lot of quarterbacks. And over the course of seasons, and I have a lot of players over the course of seasons that something gets banged up and they try to address it and they don't put on the injury reports. It's like, a, I'm not 100, I'm just 95%. Like Jalen Hurts has been actively limping on right. the field and the Eagles won't put him on the injury report with a knee injury. Like he, and he's acknowledged, like, yeah, I have a, br- a bruise in my knee. Like there's stuff that players decide falls below the threshold, especially really tough players like Joe Burrow. Then I think in this game, he got hit by Jadavian Clowney while he was throwing. He, like, uh, Josina Anderson reported that he said that Ravens players heard him say after the Clowney hit, I felt a pop. Burrow said during his press conference today that he, like, felt the pop when he threw the ball to Joe Mixon on the subsequent play. At some point, someone heard a pop or multiple pops and something popped. And then there was that clip of, of him jogging to the sideline. You can see his hand is swollen up like a balloon. And that's where it's like, okay, like, I think if his hand looked like that after the Texans game, I think that would have gotten on the report. I don't, I don't think right. that would have gotten by Bengals beat writers and various people if his hand looked that way. So I think that big swelling and that big thing was a result of the, the Ravens thing. So maybe some minor shenanigans. I don't think it's overt shenanigans. Yeah, I, I think no major shenanigans because here's the thing. He's, the, the injury is a ligament tear. Quarterback's hands, disgusting. Just absolutely gross. You ever look at like a veteran quarterback, you know, a guy who's been out of the game for however long? Their hands are gross. The fingers are going in all sorts of different directions. It's terrible. And the injury report ultimately is supposed to be, and and I don't have the exact wording, so, you know, forgive some slight generalizations here, but the injury report is supposed to be a reflection of what's your ability to participate? What's your ability to participate in practice? It's not supposed to be is there anything that hurts? Is there anything yeah. on your body that that's not feeling too hot right now? Because if that were the case, there wouldn't be a single football player that at this point in the year would be able to play. So it, it sounds as though he might have been dealing with something along those lines where he still, you know, would have practiced fully. Obviously, there's also some difference in just how you go through a week of practice when it's a short week because you're playing on Thursday night. And having a torn ligament in the, you know, where the hand connects to the wrist. Because if that's what he's dealing with now, it seems pretty obvious that that took place during the game. So, yeah. you know, we don't know. that They're investigating. We'll see it play out. But I, I if I had to right. make a guess as to whether or not the Bengals are going to get, they're going to be seeing draft picks docked and blah, 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 blah. I think it right. seems kind of unlikely. Now, could the hit, uh, the Texans that caused pain in his hand have made it more likely that a subsequent hit against the Ravens would lead to a torn ligament. If I knew how ligaments work, I would answer that question, but I don't. And so <laughs> like, I don't, you know, like it's, it's like, could it have been total coincidence? Sure. Does it feel like there was probably some connection? Yes. Is it enough to say like, oh, the Bengals, you know, cheated and didn't put them on the injury report? I don't think it is. Like people are like, oh, like I would never have bet on the Bengals if I knew about Joe Burrow's hand injury. I'm here to tell you, if you've bet on 10 NFL games, you have lost one of those bets because a certain player was banged up and you didn't know about it. Like, it, it, this, uh, a lot of players are playing at 90, 80%. And, and we don't know about it. And that's the nature of it. So to me, it's, yeah, it's, it's small potatoes that became big potatoes because of the Jadamian Clowney hit, because of the visibility of it. So the Ravens, having won this game, seem to be in decent command of the AFC North. The Steelers, technically, are the only other team playing with their starting quarterback, though uh, it is Kenny Pickett, a player who... The Steelers who who keep winning games and just, like, 
angering their their fan base beyond belief with every additional win. The Steelers season is shaping up to be one of my favorite things in the history of the NFL. It's just so silly. It's just absolute silliness. The Steelers right now, 2% chance to get the one seed in the AFC. Just an FYI. That's just so update. That's just so like, funny. It's, it's so good. We're I in range, it. baby. In one out of every 50 universes, Steelers one seed. There are like Fire Mac Canada signs at, at like <laughs> Premier League soccer games. Like there, it's just, it's, it's completely jumped the shark and it is so funny and I absolutely love it. But beyond Pittsburgh, uh, but I guess including Pittsburgh, who do you think benefits the most from a severely hampered Bengals team in terms of the playoff race? Yeah, I think that the to me the geometry of the AFC North doesn't change too much. Uh, when on Monday, when all of the quarterbacks were healthy slash going to play, I would have told you the Ravens were the scariest team, Browns were second, Bengals were third, Steelers were fourth. Now with Deshaun and Burrow both injured, I think the Ravens are the scariest team. I think the Browns are second. Uh, the Bengals might still be third. They're probably fourth, <laughs> and then the Steelers like move. But you know, I think AFC North wise, I don't think too much. Changes changes for me uh, with with the with the Burrow injury. I, the Bengals were a team that I didn't have a lot of trust in from the jump. When you go and you look at the five and five Texans fighting for the the a wild card spot, five and five Colts fighting for a wild card spot, five and five Raiders. Whoa, weird fighting for a, a wild card spot. Five and five Bills fighting for a wild card spot. I'm not going to say four and five Chargers because obviously I don't believe in the Chargers and I would never obviously. have any faith in them. No one would ever think these that. teams. I think you're, you're going to see Cincinnati fall out of that very thick 500 group that's going to be fighting for seed six, seed seven in the AFC. Those are the teams that that benefit. If you're the Bills right now, you were like, all right, like the Bengals beat us. Yep. And we, can ne- we can never beat the Bengals, but Joe Burrow is out and we made the change of coordinator. Here we go. And like, I don't know if that's real or not, but that's what you're trying to do. So there it is. I feel the way about the Bills that you do about the Chargers is like, I'm I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it in corners of my brain, but I don't want to say it on a podcast. It's you, you don't say it. What you do is you say that you're not saying it. Right. And exactly. that way, you never said it. But if it turns out it happened, then you were saying it. This is a professional podcasting over here. I think this is good. I would say that this is good for the Texans, except I have planted my flag on the Texans are going to win their division. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. In which case, I guess it's good for the Jacks. So, it, there are going to be some of these. You know, I I hate talking about injuries this way because injuries are the absolute worst, but we started this season talking so much about how loaded the AFC was and who was going to be the odd man out or the odd men out because there were going to be teams that we looked at as contenders, as super competitive, who were just not going to be able to make the math work. And right now, it's looking like a lot of those decisions, results are going to happen because of the injuries, but we get to see who gets to take advantage of a little bit of extra room right. in the playoff picture, which will be fun. We're, we're transitioning to that time of year. Like a, like a lot of the first 10 weeks of the season are like, who are you as a team? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Trade deadline. How do you improve? How do you grow? What do you want to work on? We're entering the cold weather months. One thing, there's two things that matter. We had to end the season and the postseason. Health, tackling. That's it. Everything's that. The schemes have been <laughs> schemed. They've been solved. You have your stars. We match up to these guys this way. We match for those guys those ways. Now it's how healthy can you stay? Can you bring the guys down when the weather's cold? Like that's 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 what football becomes when we, when we get past Thanksgiving and we're well on our way. And so the, if you're rooting for a team and they're in the playoffs, like what should I care about? Bubble wrap everybody you can because this is this is when health really starts to matter. All right. Anything we need to hit before we go out? 
Uh, I don't think hip drop tackles are illegal. Um, I hope Lamar's okay. Mark Andrews has a cracked fibula. I hate Thursday night football. It's very stressful. And I hope Joe Burrow is okay and he can hold a football again because it would really, really suck if this becomes a, a bad thing. I think that's the right note to end this on. So this has been the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Nora Prinziati. He is Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Eduardo Ocampo for producing this episode and for manning the socials department and to Arjuna Ramapal for additional production supervision. Steven and I will be up next on Dual Threat, breaking down all of Sunday's games. 